At MasterCard, we believe that women-owned small businesses are uniquely inspiring. They're pillars of the community and have a measurable impact on the people within them. It's their secret sauce. We are deeply committed to helping address the daily challenges of all Canadian small businesses by putting our technology, cybersecurity solutions, digital resources, and partnerships to work for you every day. Discover them today at mastercard.ca forward slash small business. MasterCard, start something priceless. At Scotiabank, we know how important thriving businesses are for the strength of our economy. Our team of experienced advisors across the country can provide you with tailored advice, leading products, and valuable resources to help achieve all your financial goals. We're here for every future. Let's get started today. Visit us at scotiabank.com slash smallbusiness. Welcome to the Startup Canada podcast, where we talk to Canada's most innovative and entrepreneurial leaders and changemakers. I'm your host, Rick Spence, and as a business journalist, editor, and entrepreneur, I've learned what makes Canadian startups special, successful, and scalable. Join me every Tuesday at 10 a.m. ET to hear new stories of Canadian entrepreneurs and learn about the moments that mattered most on their journeys. The Startup Canada podcast is a production of Startup Canada. Don't forget to subscribe to the show wherever you listen to your podcasts. Entrepreneurs from coast to coast to coast, welcome to the Startup Canada podcast. On the show today, we're thrilled to have Aaron LaBay. He's the co-founder and chief technology officer of Lucid, an AI digital musical therapy startup. He's a Canada Council award-winning artist with a background in psychoacoustics research and audio engineering. After facing severe mental health battles in his youth, Aaron developed the initial concept for Lucid during his thesis in New Media and Computational Art at Toronto Metropolitan University, the school formerly known as Ryerson. Lucid is working to revolutionize mental health through the power of music and machine learning. Its mission is to transform music into medicine and create a more empathetic approach to mental health care through personalized music-based interventions. Aaron is the recipient of several Canada Council Awards. He's guest lectured at Toronto Metropolitan U, and he's spoken at the Museum of Contemporary Art Toronto, Dutch Design Week, Toronto Interior Design Show, and Wallafornia Music Tech. Aaron, welcome to the show. Thanks, Rick. Uh, happy to be here. Delighted to have you here. And in the spirit of music and jazz and, 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 and improvisation, we're starting off with some a, Quick round of questions. Awesome. Rapid fire questions just to, to just just to get things off to a, a, a quick beat. Good stuff. So Aaron, what's a song or an artist that's helped you get through some challenging times? That's a great question, Rick. Um and a big one. I think uh, a lot of people with a background in music will tell you like these questions of like, what's your favorite artist or, you know, pinpointing something uh, like this. It's it's almost like a, a challenge bigger than than a lot of people realize. But um, but there's a couple of them that come to mind immediately, which is really nice um, for me, um, you know, uh, lyrically, you know, obviously this song has had a, a ton of remakes, but uh, the song Hallelujah by the great Leonard Cohen, um, Canadian artist. Um, that song has definitely been an anthem of mine through a lot of challenging parts of my life. 
I love a lot of the remakes. Obviously, uh, Jeff Beckley has done a really amazing job of, of redoing that song. Um, it's one of the most covered songs in the world. Uh, but that one in particular is something that has always moved me through a lot of challenging um, challenging times. And just because, again, as, as an artist, I just have to do this. There's one other one I have to throw out there. Um, and this is an instrumental tune. Um, and uh, it's a song called Some by Niels Fromm. Uh, and it's... Uh, what I love about it is like it, it has the emotiveness that makes you feel like it's lyrical, uh, even though it's not. And, you know, Lucid's music is is designed to be that way. You know, our music is instrumental. Um, so I've always you know been inspired by Niels Fromm and artists like that um, who are able to create this emotiveness that you can get out of lyrics without actually having to say things. So those are the two that I would say. That's are big amazing. Ones. That's amazing. What was the name of that tune? Some. Yeah. S-O-M-E. And the artist is Niels Fromm. Yeah. Highly recommend it. Okay, rapid fire number two. Do you prefer in-ear headphones over the ear or music played through speakers? Oh, man. Uh, I'm definitely going to have to say it really depends on the context, uh, which I, I hate <laughs> as an answer. But um, I'd say generally speakers. Um, I uh, I think, you know, preserving your ears, uh, speakers are definitely a better way to listen through music. That being said, um, every performance I've ever done live, in-ear, in-ear monitoring is the best way to go. Having speakers on stage is just like this nightmare of sound. Um, so if I'm performing, I would say in your uh, headphones, you know, if I'm on the train over the ear headphones, because in your headphones kind of cause ear fatigue. Uh, but generally in my everyday life, I like to blast the speakers for sure. <laughs> That's a very complete rapid fire answer. Okay. Is yeah, there a song? I hate to do that, but is there a song that best describes this chapter of your life? This current chapter. Yeah. I mean, um, you know, uh, a lot of really exciting things are going on at Lucid right now. I think, you know, uh, we have, you know, passed recently this kind of major milestone of raising institutional funding. Um, we're now able to like hire, um, you know, a, a team and, and really build out this vision that we've had for, for many years. Um, and uh, so, you know, I'm kind of in the celebration mode uh, right now. I'm definitely feeling more of the upbeat tunes. Um, so the song right now that comes to mind is Kiss by Prince. Um, just cause it's just such a groove lyrically. It has nothing to do with what's going on in my life right now, but it's just a song that like <laughs> makes you smile. And, and, and that's kind of really kind of how I'm feeling these days is, is grateful and, and excited for the path forward. And that's such an interesting answer because I mean, th- music is so much more than, than, than the lyrics, right? Uh, oh yeah. Sometimes they work exactly sure. together and sometimes they work in different ways. And, and that's, the yeah, I mean, it. it's, it's interesting with that one, like the first 10 seconds, like my body just lights up, you know, it's like that, that immediate neurological reaction, um, to, to the piece of music that I have so many nostalgic memories to that are all positive. Um, so really that's what, that's what drives it for me. It's like, that's the song that I'm playing on repeat right now. It's, uh, it's, it's, you know, it's something I'm feeling for sure. Okay. Final rapid fire question. And it's a fill in the blank, fill in the last word in the sentence. The coolest thing about music and mental health is. The coolest thing about music and mental health is ubiquity um, and self-agency. So those are the two words that I would say are unique about the mental health treatment that that music can provide in that it can go anywhere with you. It's ubiquitous to your life. It's not something that you have to set aside a space for. You can literally be listening to music in every, almost every single situation that we're in. That ubiquity is so powerful for mental health because you know, sometimes you need a, a relief when, you know, 
you know, when, when there's not uh, something, when, when you don't have your tools available to you and music can be that, that relief. Um, and self-agency is the other one um, that, you know, is a theme that I find really important in mental health in that, you know, music is something that we have a very personal relationship with that, you know, the right music for me and my mental health journeys can be very different than everybody else's. So as opposed to a pill that's been given to you and told to you, like, this is your treatment, music can be something that you get to customize and, and, and it's, it's, it's up to you and it's, and you're a part of the treatment journey with it, as opposed to it being kind of forced to you. So those I think are really two really important things for mental health healing in general. And that is the coolest thing about music. I think that can provide that nothing else really can. Wow. <laughs> Later on, we'll talk about rapid fire questions and the importance of really short answers, but I I should have known that someone with with, with your analytical background <laughs> would, would take these all the way to the bank. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> my apologies. Tell me a little bit about Lucid. So, sure, so this yeah. is a, an, an AI technology neuroscience startup that, that brings the power of music in, in to, for, for, for therapeutic applications. How, how do you, would you even start something like that? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, for me personally, it's been a journey that as of la two, you know, a few months ago, um, can't really remember the exact month, actually, to be honest, but uh, this, this, you know, this quarter <laughs> is seven years uh, going for me. Um, and, um, you know, it's been a definitely a, an extremely long journey. Um, there's been a lot of ups and downs, but really what sparked it um, was out of, you know, a need for a need that I noticed, um, you know, for change in, in, in the mental health landscape. And, you know, I, as a consumer of that space and uh, as somebody who has been in, you know, in and out of the best and the worst aspects of that space, um, you know, I, I felt myself, you know, you know, seven years ago, really feeling like I wanted to make a difference and disrupt how we view mental health and how we treat it. And for me, as an artist, uh, I, you know, I only had a, a set of tools in front of me that I saw as being something that I could use to actually make a tangible impact. And um, music really was the one thing that I I've been, had been noticing was instrumental, like, you know, a huge, a huge aspect of my healing process. Um, and I had noticed also that there's really, you know, there's so many different ways that we could be using music in, in a healthcare setting that just hasn't, hadn't been really adopted. So, you know, for me, you know, it was kind of out of a, a you know, a, a sense of like, one, I need to make a difference in this space. I need to disrupt it. I want to do, I want to make change. Um, you know, I didn't have it in me to be an activist per se, but I wanted to disrupt the space in my own way. And then, you know, this kind of tinker inventor mind of mine, I started to piece together some of these ways that music is so powerful and package it into something that could actually be delivered to people in a ubiquitous grand scale. Um, so I pretty much made my entire life about that concept. The idea of a company wasn't really the first thing that came to mind. It was more of like, you know, let's take this idea and see where it goes. So through my education at uh, Toronto Met, um, I basically took this idea and I obsessed over it for the four years of my education there. Um, I studied computational creativity, where I was basically, you know, unlocking my artistic practice with computers and, and machine learning and technology. And my thesis project was basically this massive installation that was called Lucid, um, that pieced together this concept in one really cool immersive experience. And then from there, the startup journey started. So it really came from this organic process of one, I see a problem that I want to solve. Two, I've created a solution for that problem. And then naturally, the idea of creating a scalable business 
you know, float into place basically. Wow. So, so t tell me some of the, what are, what are the services that Lucid provides? Yeah. So Lucid is a digital therapeutics company. And what we're doing is we are trying to uh, basically be the biotech company that takes music and turns it into medicine. Um, and that's a big kind of concept when you think about it. But when you boil it down, you know, there's this whole growth of, of, an in, of the industry called digital therapeutics, where there are companies like Lucid building new digital molecules and working with pharmaceutical companies and a lot of other health companies to basically replace or you know, adjunct a lot of the chemical remedies that are out there with digital only support. Uh, and, you know, that's a really exciting thing, especially for mental health. Um, you know, one of the things that comes with the mental health journey is a lot of medication intake and a lot of side effects, etc. So digital therapeutics has a lot to offer to that space. And what Lucid is doing is basically taking the sliver of that that's focused on music. And our goal and dream is to unlock every single possibility music can bring to the mental health and neuropsychiatric health uh, space. So currently, um, the services that we offer are kind of these twofold um, uh, products. One is a, is a digital API that can be integrated into various digital health platforms. So you can basically do music therapy as a service in various different platform environments. The other is we basically work in these long-term R&D projects with companies um, like our partner Acros Pharmaceutical or JT in Japan on building standalone music therapeutics. And the one that we're working on currently uh, that we recently announced was the Alzheimer's digital therapeutic product that we're building. So we basically have these two pipelines. One is integrating into existing platforms and two is building standalone music therapy products that um, will come to market on their own right, basically. That's amazing. Can can you fill us in on sort of what the state of the company is now? How many people do you have? What what kind of money have you raised? And uh, sort of where are you on the scale of breaking through to commercial success and profitability and all that stuff? Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. So um, we recently closed our first institutional seed round. Um, we raised uh, roughly three point uh, two million dollars Canadian. Um, through that process, we're currently, you know, closing up the round, but um, that's we're roughly between 3.2 and 3.5 is where things are going to land. Um, we uh, are currently in a team size of 14, so we're still very small, um, and we're, you know, we're going to be frugal with that capital um, and really just kind of grow with the industry over the next couple of years. Um, but we do have plans to kind of grow the team as as we move forward. The nice thing, obviously, about being a software play is we can maintain a very small and elite team, and we don't have to have kind of this massive growth all at once. Um, and a lot of that capital is being heavily invested in R&D and kind of our growth uh, through the health uh, ecosystem. Uh, from In terms of kind of revenues and profitability, uh, we like I mentioned, we have a product that is in market with the API um, that has achieved um, you know what many would define as product market fit. We have a, a client uh, we have uh, a client base and, a, and kind of a playbook around what our personas are, and we're really just trying to push that out there. So we are receiving monthly recurring revenues there. And then outside of that, we have achieved revenues from these kind of larger digital th therapeutic partnerships. So the one with JT in particular, where we will basically receive large amounts of, re of revenue all at once to kind of build out, you know, these multi-phase um, R&D projects where we will eventually commercialize a product with JT and they would receive a royalty in the end. But basically, um, the, the way that that works is it's essentially these large revenue kind of balloon payments. So we are receiving revenue. Um, we do have, um, you know, a team that is growing and we have received institutional capital, um, but we're still very early on for sure as a business.
Yeah, it's super exciting. If Lucid were a radio station, what music would you play during the morning drive time? (laughs) Interesting question. Uh, Yeah, during the morning drive time, that's a crucial part of the day. So, um, you know, we have this, uh, we have these four modes that we've developed in, um, or these kind of conceptual kind of curation sets, if you will. And basically, Lucid has, um, you know, this tool called Biomirror that allows us to learn what musical features work best uh, to elicit certain mood states. So in the morning, you really want to be in this state of like, you know, excitement, but not too high energy. You want to be in a state of like a high level of flow where you're excited for the day. You're not feeling anxious. You know, you're, you're just trying to kind of, you know, get to work and, and get into things. Um, so we would use a, a mode that we call energize mode. Um, which is music that has been curated for that affective use case or for that emotional use case that will not, you know, make people too high energy, but would would, would kind of make that nice balance of like, I'm excited for the day, I'm about to jump forward. So that that the morning would be the energized mode, I would say. That's kind of how how I would curate that, I think. Right. And and what 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 would be different in the afternoon evening drive home? What would be different is, you know, afternoon, I think, would be calm mode, you know, getting like in the, in the evening drive. It's like decompressing from the day. So a different set of musical features, different set of, of instrumentation, you know, really just trying to decompress from, you know, all those meetings that you had, et cetera. Um, and then I'll even throw you during the day. We have a focus mode as well. So keeping, you know, you have the energized to get uh, kick, kickstart you, focus to keep you moving and then calm to decompress and get you ready for the evening with your family basically that's really cool i, I, I want you guys to get a radio license or i, or I can <laughs> yeah, follow I mean, you on a music service who knows <laughs> that, that'd be uh, yeah that'd be pretty cool for sure yeah yeah um throughout this month of november 2022 we're talking to entrepreneurs about mental health as part of mental health awareness month and sometimes it's tough to find entrepreneurs who want to speak about their mental health experiences yeah, uh, but this is something you've been fairly open about. Can you tell me a little bit about your experience with mental health and what makes you so committed to For sharing? Sure. I mean, like one of the things that I, I I've committed myself to doing, you know, is if I and I told myself this early on, if I had ever the platform to do so, I want to be explicitly detailed and upfront about my experience with mental health. For multiple reasons, I think it's important. You know, when we share stories, we destigmatize naturally, right? So, you know, someone in my position being comfortable speaking with these things, I hope that other entrepreneurs could feel that same level of comfort. You know, it's not acceptable for people to view you differently because of your mental health journey. I don't, you know, I don't. I think we're in a world now where we can be upfront, and um, that's only going to, you know, move the discourse forward. So, I, I kind of see it as a responsibility to be as you know, upfront and open about it as possible, because I feel like that's the only way that we're going to destigmatize a lot of the things that people like myself go through. Um, and, you know, I, I think it's, it's, it's also a really beautiful experience for the community, you know, who are, you know, aspiring to do things, for an example, and, you know, a lot of the environment they're in, they're being told they can't do things. So that's, that's the other piece outside of destigmatization. It's, you know, really, it's inspiring the next generation of people who are living with mental health challenges that they, you know, to tell them, you know, you don't have to simply surrender and, 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 you know, no longer live your dreams or aspire to do something great. Um, you know, I had a lot of practitioners in my journey tell me, Aaron, you, you know, 
you'll probably be on disability for the rest of your life, or you might not be able to go back to school. You know, this very negative, um, you know, discourse is something that a lot of people in my situation have have lived with for a very long time. So I think it's important that you know people like myself and other people who are who are in positions where they can inspire people um, to live, you know, to to reach their their full potential. I think that's just an important thing to do. Um, you know, a little bit, uh, you know, about my journey. I mean, I, I, you know, I live with bipolar disorder. Um, you know, there's, you know, there's a lot of different things around kind of that, you know, life cycle. I've, I've come through a lot of, you know, challenging things. Unfortunately, in my case, I was diagnosed in the United States and treated there. And, um, in the state that I was in, you know, the, the treatment process was archaic compared to what we were, were living with up here. I mean, but even up here, you know, there's still a lot of room to be, or growth to be made. Um, in my case, I, you know, was incarcerated and restrained, um, you know, multiple times. Um, I was put through multiple psych ward uh, visits, and and a lot of it had to do with, you know, the, this concept of, um, you know, societal disturbance and less about my own care and my own well-being. So, you know, the whole theme of lucid and and for in this movement and this this idea of kind of pushing forth this self agency. Um, that's where that comes from. It's a lot of my personal experience of losing self-agency in my own journey and my own healing process. Um, so yeah, I would say overall, um, you know, I can I can kind of elaborate further on my mental health journey, but generally, it's it, it was a very poor experience, um, and it inspired me to to kind of disrupt uh, that experience for others and 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 prevent future generations to go through it. And then yeah, m- the reason for my vocalness ar- around this is. Is purely based on on destigmatization and again inspiration for the next uh, group of uh, great entrepreneurs that are out there. Well, thank you for 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 what you're doing because it's a, obviously a difficult thing to talk about, and uh, obviously a traumatic experiences uh, that you've been through, and you're turning it into something positive, which is which is pretty awesome. Um, yeah, thanks. Has thanks music been that. part of your recovery part of part of your journey yeah music was a huge part of it i mean um you know and i was on my it was really on my own accord i i just like you know when i was you know i went through this multi-month process of of healing post all these hospitalizations and incarcerations at my father's house and um you know the only time i really felt like myself was when i was at the piano and playing and 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 really kind of just like tinkering with music and then, you know, once I realized that music was such a, you know, such a healing force for myself, I started to dig into that. And, and you know, much of the early IP and early concepts around what we do at Lucid came from a lot of this ex- experimentation, to be honest, of me, you know, kind of in this personal lab, um, you know, trying to find new ways to use music to unlock my own healing process. So what I used to do, a big thing that bipolar patients um, do is they, they keep mood journals. And I used to basically assign playlists to my various mood states um that i knew would help me get to like a desired state and you know when you learn about lucid's technology that's 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 a huge concept that's within the affective music recommendation system which is a big piece of tech that um you know powers you know our our our, um our products um that was kind of the early foundations of that right you know just like tinkering with that manually figuring out those things on my own so yeah, music was a huge part of my recovery. Um, and then, you know, obviously the fact that I used it in my recovery was a, a almost a kickstart for a lot of the work that we're doing today at Lucid as well. Right. I mean, in a way, music has always 
been therapeutic. I mean, you'd, you'd come home from school. Oh, yeah. In my day, you'd come home from school and put a record on. And it might be Simon and Garfunkel or it might be Kiss. Yeah. Right? I mean, depending on what you needed mm-hmm. that day. So is there in a sense that you're actually bringing some, you know, scientific rigor to what is always what people have always been striving to do? One one of the purposes of music? I mean, yeah, like, to be honest with you, you know, we're not like this concept of music as medicine has been around for the dawn of humanity since the dawn of humanity. I mean, like we've been using music for communal healing, for self-healing, for, you know, external healing, like for for centuries and and. You know, from whether it be, you know, gongs and, and singing bowls in, in Tibetan cultures or, um, you know, putting on a record, uh, you know, back in the 60s, 70s and 80s, you know, it's 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 been a construct that's been around for a very long time. What's been missing is the um, is the repeat the, the, the scientific rigor. Yes, but also the repeatable outcome being able to reconstruct like that, you know, like that repeatable outcome that turns it into a a medicinal product, something that I can predictably give to somebody in a different country and will give them the same results or something similar to somebody that I I have given here or, or myself, et cetera. And that's a, that's a really challenging thing. It's, it's really just kind of that last 10% or that tip of the iceberg that we're missing, which is how do we figure out what to, what music to play at the right time for the right person you know, when we don't know who they are. And it's hard for people to self-prescribe, you know, a lot of, a lot of the time as well. Um, you know, you might not know what, what's best for you right now. Um, so it, it really just, you know, it's really kind of optimizing that last piece, like building a music, a medicinal music product that, you know, is scalable, um, you know, is something that we could globalize, is something that we could prescribe with confidence that is predictable enough to give the same results like a pill would or, or another med- medication. So yeah, I would say we're adding we're adding that scientific rigor and we're we're just trying to make it scalable and and ubiquitous basically. So I recently threw out all my old records and most of my CDs because I can now access any song anywhere anytime I want. How will Lucid take advantage of the growth of streaming, which means mm. that you can get anything and any piece of work to any anyone anywhere for any purpose. Yeah, I mean that's um that's really what we're we're building we're building on top of and we're building for. Like we um I mean depending on the use case, uh you know, sometimes unfamiliar music is a really beneficial thing. So for anxiety for an example, we have created a library that is retrofit for that use case. Uh and that's because, you know, a lot of the times hearing unfamiliar music is really healthy and and is is helpful. But there's, you know, these familiar music use cases uh, like Alzheimer's and, and and there's many others coming down the pipe where we're basically going to be, you know, building on top of this massive catalog of music that has been created by human beings for the last several decades. Um, you know, we will we could either work with these streaming providers or we will become one of them in, in a lot of ways where we mm-hmm. basically take this catalog. We recommend it to the patient based on, you know, our, our technology and our loop. And that's really what unlocks Lucid. I mean, without the ability to stream music, you know, at mass quantity like that, Lucid would be a very difficult product to build. We'd have, it, you know, we'd have, to, we'd have to ship tons of CDs to people and it'd be a mess. So, you know, Record digital the month club, I remember those days. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like it'd be, it'd be interesting. Um, but, you know, digital streaming um, has, is one of the huge affordances that make Lucid possible for sure. 
it's interesting and i i don't usually get <laughs> go off on on total tangents like this but this reminds me of how when i'd read a magazine when i was a teenager which was many years ago when we still read magazines and there would be a full page ad for the record of the month the columbia record club i think yeah. it's called and they would have tiny little pictures of all the albums and and they would always offer you seven albums free that's cool if you agreed to buy only one more every month for the next 12 right, months right, at our right. regular price of 12.99 or whatever that's um, a cool service and it was so much fun to imagine which seven free records would i yeah get. that's awesome i uh and how much more exciting that was to us than the overwhelming cacophony of choice available from Spotify or right. Uh, I mean, Amazon Music or, or Apple or whatever. Yeah. Um, because <laughs> because our choices were limited, but they were sort of top ranked. Yeah. From the Columbia Record Club, yeah. and you know, and there's way too much choice. Totally. But but this suggests to me that you know curating. Mm-hmm. The music we listen to is where the real value is going forward. And this is something that you can, you're, that Lucid could be in a tremendous position to do. Absolutely. Yeah. I think um, the new name of the game is recommendation, right? And and it's a beautiful new phase that we're going to get to experience in music where there's music. There's so many people now who get to create music um, and, 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 you know, there's so much, we literally have access to the world's music at our fingertips. Choosing is the hard part. Well, that, that mm-hmm. now paves the way for, you know, next level game changing recommendation systems. And that's really what Lucid has built itself on top of is this idea of creating a recommendation system that can help you hack your mood and, and make you feel the ways that you want to feel and, and optimize your day. And, you know, we really focused on that one problem and, and that, you know, that one problem is going to become, um, you know, the, the next phase of, of, of music consumption is people you know and 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 spotify's already gotten onto this right they have great recommend recommender algorithms but you know there's a ton of new there's a ton of space for them and there's a lot of really new ideas coming around with with recommendation and you know we're focusing on the health angle but there's gonna be a lot of really cool stuff coming through the woodwork for sure yeah. um it seems just a few years ago we started talking about nutraceuticals which is food for health mm-hmm. uh food is medicine and you're doing musicceuticals or something i guess mm-hmm. what does lucid look like in your head in five years from now five years from now um i think lucid has you know an alzheimer's music therapeutic that's getting ready to go to market i think we have a couple more of these music therapeutics on deck for a couple of other health indications um we're already doing research can't really say much about it but there's some really exciting mental health and neuropsychiatric health use cases that we're exploring where music will be basically the pill um, that you kind of take. Um, I also see Lucid integrated into a lot of these, you know, growing telehealth platforms, um, you know, Dialogue and, um, you know, Valera Health and all these platforms that are taking mental health medicine and, and mental health uh, care and making it digitized so that people, you know, can receive care wherever they are. And I think that's a movement that we'll be a part of. And I think music therapy will be kind of integrated within a lot of those platforms in five years. Um, and I also, you know, think in five years, people will, you know, see, uh, see a lot more validity in, in the therapeutic benefits of music. And I'm hoping that we'll be thought leaders in that process. 
that's just amazing. What are the, they're obvious to you, but maybe not so much to me or other people looking in from the outside. What are the benefits of embracing music therapy and, and how does that affect the pharmaceutical industry? Yeah. I mean, I, I, you know, I'm always been a believer that the best way to disrupt is to kind of work from within and collaborate. Um, and I think pharma, you know, obviously for better or for worse, they have an ugly history and, you know, there's a lot of things that, you know, their previous executive leaders uh, have done that is not acceptable in my opinion, but that said, they're, they're part of the ecosystem and I think they can be a part of the future of medicine and, and, you know, are embracing these more positive um, and, and more empathetic approaches to care. The other thing is, you know, from a economic standpoint, beyond just the, the, the altruistic approach, approach and the altruistic view of this is just better for you and better for humanity, it's cheaper as well. Like, I mean, there's so much less money that can go into the, the development of music therapeutics, for an example, versus building a new pill. Um, you know, we can be saving these, these companies money while doing something better. You know, it's, it's this idea of kind of social capitalism where, you know, you don't just do it because it's a good, the right thing to do, but it's also, it's going to save the economy money. It's going to keep people at work. It's going to, you know, make people whole and, 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 and feel well. And the, the, you know, positive result of people feeling good is they're, they contribute to society. You know, it's, it doesn't have to be this purely altruistic venture, which scares a lot of, you know, people in the capitalistic system. It can be something that is profitable and also, you know, great for humanity. And that's really kind of the, the line that you, you know, realistically, we have to, we have to cross like you, you know, it's very difficult to change the world if there isn't a profit for somebody in, in, in the value chain. And that's unfortunate. And, you know, we can have a whole other conversation about the pros and cons of capitalism. But, you know, we live in this world that requires that. And I think the benefit of music therapeutics and digital therapeutics in general is it can have that kind of double impact. It can it can save money. It can, in, in, you know, improve the economy while um, improving well-being and, and, and achieving safe, uh, sustainable development goals at the same time. Right. So clearly you've seen Alzheimer's as one uh, area in which you think music therapy can make a big difference and probably, mm. um, you know, have a lot of impact because you've focused on that one. What are some of the other specific areas that, that, that you hope make a difference in? Yeah, I mean, without disclosing any like pending partnerships or anything, I mean, we we have identified a huge number of spaces that music can have a massive impact. Um, mood disorders, uh, you know, anxiety is uh, is one that we've already explored, depression, anxiety. Um, but beyond that, um, you know, we we think there's a lot of benefits we could provide. You know, severe psychosis based disorders like schizophrenia, um, and you know, uh, what I live with bipolar one. Um, but beyond that, um, you know, the comorbid mental health symptoms that come a part of, you know, things like cancer, um, you know, things like inflammation based diseases, uh, you know, there are so many different, you know, uh, physical ailments that, co that come with such a burden on mental health, um, that we think we can be disruptive at as well. Um, obviously, you know, Alzheimer's is one that we have publicly released and we think we can make a huge impact there. Um, but there's a massive landscape that, that, that we can go after. And I, I think, um, each of them, you know, each of these health indications have very unique needs. Um, and, and we think we can kind of, you know, build a musical solution for them. 
Um, but I would say, yeah, a big one that we're, that we're tackling over the next couple of years is, you know, anxiety and, and mood-based disorders. That's a huge problem that affects a lot of people. Um, and then Alzheimer's is another one that um, it's just, it, it's ripe for disruption. There's, there's just so many tools in the space that um, have been poorly built. There's so many medications that have been poorly designed for these patients. Um, you know, there's just so much that music can offer. Um, so, you know, that's a huge area that we're excited to be working in for sure. Absolutely. I want to come work for you. It's so exciting. Um, I, I have no visible skills, so so we'll have to discuss that in the job interview. Um, okay, well, well, we'll see if we can make it work. <laughs> do you see music reducing or replacing uh, drug consumption? Yeah, I mean, uh, that's a great question. Um, a lot of people have asked me, are you anti-medication? Uh, and that's a hard no. Um, I think medication, you know, saves lives, quite frankly. I just think that the way that a lot of these medications have been built and designed um, were not just wasn't done very well. Um, this idea of having, you know, Russian roulette with pills when you're diagnosing a mental health patient, let him try just a bunch of different things. There's got to be a better way. Um, you know, I also think that the, the reduction of medication can be done in a lot of cases, including myself um, with severe mental health. I I have a doctor who has you know worked over the years with me to reduce my medication intake. It is possible, um, you know, using medication as this subduing scapegoat is something that has been done by a lot of psychiatrists. But that is a very old school way of thinking, and I think digital therapeutics can supplement a lot of the care that is needed. Where patients that need minimal medication might be able to reduce completely, or patients like myself might be able to reduce in such a way that's so life changing. You know, even if you're still taking meds. It, it's it, it's it's changed your life in a way that is is com, you know compounding beyond um, what a lot of people realize. Like the side effects that come with heavy med medication intake, um, you know, it, it it kills you in other ways, right? So if we can even reduce um, by a small percentage for certain patients, like that'd be huge. On a very practical level, there's a lot of people uh, who struggle to pay for their meds, and finding yeah, something that can reduce sure. the 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 the, the the, the consumption, reduce the cost, uh, can make the difference mm -hmm. between saving their house or not. So this is absolutely a huge, huge yeah. thing. Now think, cast your head back to the warm, sunny days of last summer. Did you watch Stranger Things on Netflix? I do like, I just got into Stranger Things actually. So, um, I, you know, I don't have a ton of time to watch TV, but, um, uh, I've heard amazing stories and, and rave reviews about that show. So I just got okay. into it. So, so, so you haven't seen season four, but the, the point is that it turned out that the only defense against the monster that's destroying the town of Hopkins or whatever it's called um, mm. is music. Oh, that's cool. And a kid puts on <laughs> their, their 1983 headphones and plays Running Up That Hill by Kate Bush over yeah. and over again. And every wow. time as a viewer, you hear that song, you feel so good because A, it's a great song, but B, yeah. it's saving this girl's life. And, That's cool. and, and so you have to watch that. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I need to catch up. That sounds, that sounds, uh, that sounds really aligned. I mean, like, it's, I mean, that, that soundtrack is incredible too. Like there's the, like the, the entire production on that was extremely well done. Um, but yeah, like that's, that's such a beautiful 
thing that they've they've done in the story that honestly like that resonates obviously very heavily with me and and in the work that we do um you know it's 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 not that far from the truth you know music can empower somebody to save their own life and you know potentially save others like it's it's a very it's a very powerful thing that we have um at our disposal that um people people often under under underview and underutilize exactly so 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 here is popular culture sort of hinting at uh, mm-hmm. at this thing so i i, I think you got to watch that and run with it <laughs> definitely yeah that's awesome that'd be that'd be a cool uh that'd be a good shout out if you only know, netflix was like, a streaming great. service yeah <laughs> yeah that's funny um not to mention and I'll, I'll show off my geek credentials here um if you watch the second doctor strange movie last spring uh he had a fight with mm. someone with music yeah i saw that? that that was really cool <laughs> that was really cool uh i thought that was a really I, like i got really excited when i saw that um i thought that that was i mean it was kind of interesting how it was brought in because you know i mean obviously again like you know if you know dr strange like that's not a spell that's usually done but like it was pretty cool that I, that they that they highlighted that you know um that there was kind of a battle with music which i thought was kind of really but interesting, i think it speaks sure. to um our feeling that music has so much more power than we oh, use yeah. it for. It's not just top 40 radio. It's not just the nostalgia. Um, the, 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 and we, we, we've only begun to tap, uh, the, 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 to tap into the power that's out there. So. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, it's, it's been used in our society for so many things. Um, that we have since forgotten about and we're now you know bringing a lot of those things back it's it's uh yeah it's it's not it's not purely for entertainment it's 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 a functional tool um that can help us in a lot of ways there are on your website at lucid there are the logos of companies that are apparently partnering with you in various things can you talk about any mm-hmm. of the key uh in, industry partners that you have and, and and what they're doing with you what they see in what you're doing yeah I mean, there's a bunch. Uh, I, I can say from my purview of what what I'm noticing lately. I mean, obviously, a, a, a huge partner for us is um, is JT or Acros Pharma out of Japan. They're funding the development of our Alzheimer's product. Um, they're an extremely important partner to us. Um, beyond that, we have received a ton of support from Toronto Metropolitan University um, over the years. Uh, definitely have to give them a shout out and recently um a really major partner that we just uh signed actually is with the montreal institute of learning algorithms or mila um which is a partner that i'm very excited about on the tech team um and on the ai side of things um it's you know a world-renowned institute of researchers in machine learning um and we're now partners with them uh which is really going to unlock a lot of really cool stuff for our technology moving forward um, and then, you know, there's a ton of partners through the years who have been a big supporter of us. Um, and we like to maintain that kind of shout out, if you will, on the kind of partnerships page. Uh, but right now, those are really active ones that I'm noticing for sure. And, and how easy or, or difficult has it been to find companies that get it and are willing to, <laughs> you know, expend some resources uh, getting yeah. to know you and working together? I would say pre-pandemic, extremely difficult. Um, but post-pandemic, people are starting to understand that one, mental health is important, but two, that digital therapeutics and these unconventional approaches are valid as well. So, um, you know, obviously the pandemic, 
was a challenging and trying time for our society, but I think it was a wake-up call in a lot of ways when it comes to, to mental health in general. Um, so I would say since a lot of that, you know, you know, chaos and, 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 and shifting and growth, um, the discourse around digital therapeutics has blown up. The discourse around music as being a tool for medicinal use has blown up. Um, so it's become a lot easier for us to, to make it click for sure. Um, it's still, it's still a, a, you know, a challenge in a lot of ways because we are a high tech, deep tech product, but, um, it is infinitely easier than, than when we, when we started for sure. Tell me a little bit about the origins of Lucid. You have two co-founders, yeah. uh, Zach and Zoe, um, mm-hmm. which is an incredible name for a team. Um, yeah. and, and, and tell me about how things have shaken out between the three of you and how you get along with, with, with two co-founders. Yeah. I mean, um, yeah, we, Zach and Zoe, we call them Z squared. <laughs> um, yeah, they, uh, I mean, I couldn't have done anything like with this venture without either of them. Um, I see them both as family. Uh, we get along great. Um, you know, Zoe, uh, Zoe was, you know, the first to come along out of, out of, out of the two of them. We were both at Toronto Metropolitan University together. Um, she, was hanging around the hacker space that I was working in when I was building the Lucid installation. And she got wind of what I was doing. And I got this email from a biomedical engineering student um, saying, hey, like, I want to work on this with you. Like, I'll volunteer. I'll do whatever just to help you build this thing. Um, And I got super excited because I was, you know, looking for somebody with biomedical engineering background to start working with. So I, I lit up. I was like, oh, my God. Like, yes, please. Like, come, come hang out. And the two of us just clicked immediately. Um, we both had a shared vision. So Zoe and I um, kind of, we took this project idea um, to uh, an incubator at um, at Toronto Metropolitan University. And there is where we met Zach. Um, you know, we our biggest feedback at first was like, okay, guys, you know, you need a business person. You know, you have the science, you have the technology. Um, you know, there's two co-founders here. That's great. You need a third co-founder uh, to, to round it out. And we met Zach at a conference. Um, we presented the the demo that we had duct taped together, and uh, that's when the three of us kind of united and went went from there. So you know, it was like me alone at first, doing a lot of the research, uh, you know, building this installation. Then Zoe kind of joined in, uh, and then we we found Zach, and that's where we were really off the races. Um, with 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 a team like that, uh, can you compare what would have been like to? try and build this company yourself as opposed to uh, partnering with these talents? Fundamentally, I, I have always been a collaborator. I am somebody who enjoys working on a team. Um, and I also am happy to surrender the ego <laughs> when in, in, in as many ways as I can. Um, I recognized in myself that, you know, I have strengths in, in certain areas. And in the spirit of collaboration, by bringing in co-founders, it's just the impact that that can have, you know, these two people who are, you know, amazing individuals with amazing talent that I needed to run the venture, being able to own this with me as like a co-founder is, is so much more, has so much more impact than, you know, me saying I'm the founder and they're working for me, you know what I'm saying? Or if, you know, if I wanted to shake it out or even if they just didn't exist in that timeline and I, and I didn't want to bring on co-founders. I could not have run this venture as, as a sole founder. It just would not have been possible. Um, or it would have failed a long time ago if I did. Um, you know, I 
I love I love the collaborative spirit. I, I love the, the idea of, of delegating to the right people and and bringing them in has and helping having them help shape this idea with me has only been additive to the growth of the company. So um, that's fantastic. There are so many entrepreneurs, you know, who sort of like to go lone wolf and they're and, and they're wary of of yeah well uh diluting their equity with by by, by bringing yeah. in talent of this measure and so i love to see it when i when, when i see a very ma- emotionally mature entrepreneur who says yeah i can't do this by myself these people fill in the gaps that, that that we could never do otherwise. That's my first piece of advice to any entrepreneur is, is is find some co-founders. To be honest, like you know the the idea of of making a successful venture um, from a startup with with such a you know Luke or such a moonshot of an idea as something like Lucid or, or a lot of the other companies out there that I'm seeing grow, um, you need a team like emotionally and just practically. It's just it's there's really you know. Like, would you rather own, you know, all of the equity of a company that fails or a, a portion of the equity of, of a company that succeeds and, and grows and has a massive impact, right? So I think, you know, I think it's necessary. I think it's an important piece of being an entrepreneur. And uh, as we sort of wind down here, I'm wondering if you think there are ways that entrepreneurs or, you know, just about anybody could implement implement music and its health benefits into their lives. But especially for entrepreneurs, because let's face it, it's a tough business. It's very stressful. Yeah, I mean, um, I mean, use it. I think it's just like, but like, quite frankly, like in any way that you can. I mean, obviously, I can play. We already our products. use it, but help us use it better. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, I mean, I, you know, I, I'm hoping that Lucid, like music, uh, you know, our our kind of offerings become more available to the general public. I think, um, you know, we we aspire to our, you know, have our music uh, therapy as a service product be, you know, in, 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 in environments where anybody could really have access to it. So, you know, right now we're really focused on healthcare, but we want to expand that out. That said, if you're on your own and you're really just looking at your Spotify and you're trying to optimize it, you know, think about, you know, creating mood playlists for yourself, you know, creating, you know, these, these like, you know, uh, things that make you feel a certain way when you want to feel a certain way, you know, meditate on, on that. And, and just kind of, you know, create playlists. Playlisting is such a uh, a meditative experience as well when you're making lists for yourself yeah, like that. Yeah. I think it's just such a, uh, you know, it's got like, it's like the old mi- mixtape, you know, process. It's it's fun and, and, and meditative and you learn things about yourself in the process. So, you know, while you're waiting to get access to Lucid, uh, that's one way that you can do it for sure. Um, you know, I have some this exciting, you know, sneak peeks. There's things coming down the line that'll make our music available pretty soon as well. I can't really go into too much, but soon you can just access Lucid. But um, but beyond that, I would say use your own music and 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 try to like you know hack it for yourself. I think it's a a really cool process to do um, and a lot of fun. What could I expect music to do for me if I curate it my 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 mood playlists properly? I mean, you can expect your music to provide a more tangible functional benefit for you, right? It's, it's, you know, the brain, you know, it's just like, you know, especially with music, but with a lot of other sensory inputs, if you're feeling a certain way, that stimuli is going to make you feel differently than it would if you feel a different way. Like if I'm happy listening to Kiss by Prince, that's great. It's going to make me feel awesome. If I'm really 
angry, it might not have the same effect, right? So by creating playlists, by segregating out, you know, you know your own music for these different use cases, um, you're going to get more of a functional benefit out of it and more of a, a, a tangible result. Um, you know, I, that, that, that's pretty much it. It's, you know, and that's, you know, what Lucid provides people in an automated fashion, but, you know, manually going through your, your, your music is, is, is one way that you can at least start by making music more functional for you. I've actually, actually always had this theory. One, one, one last digression that entrepreneurship, that the business in general needs to use music more because business is, can be such a, a ritualistic, formalized, repetitious, dull place. Yeah. And, and, and it can be challenging and yet it should engage us. It should engage our hearts and our spirits and, and, and mute then that's what music does that mm-hmm. as we've been talking about. So I think there's all sorts of, uh, Oh um, yeah. I mean, way, music- uh, uh, ways to serve, and uh, so I'd listen to a podcast that just had you guys talking, analyzing songs and <laughs> and, mm. and, and and pieces that uh, that 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 we don't know about. That could yeah, really no, for sure. Out. That'd be a lot of fun. I mean, like I, like I'm like like to your point, you know, I feel like music could provide us a soundtrack to our lives, and um, you know, like life could, you know, life is kind of like in a lot of ways, like you're saying, the monotony. It's like watching a movie without music, right? It's like you know, there's uh there's something missing, you know, so try to, you know, I would rather listen to the sound than watch a movie. Uh, yeah. That, yeah. That, absolutely. Didn't have, that, that didn't have a music track. <laughs> oh, for sure. Yeah. I a hundred percent agree. I listen to soundtracks all the time. Yeah. I think it's, yeah, you, you need that, you need that spice in your life. Right. So I think, um, uh, my biggest recommendation is just infuse it in your life as much as you can, uh, and wherever you can. Normally at the very end of the Startup Canada podcast, we ask our guest for their best piece of business advice, but I'm going to change it up for you and just wonder if you have any sure. final word of advice or resources you want to share regarding our listeners' mental health. You know, if, 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 if they have concerns, if they're stressed out, any ideas to help them or resources they should turn to? Um, hundred percent. I mean, um, the, my, my biggest piece of advice is uh, as an entrepreneur, you need to constantly check yourself and check in with your mental health. This idea of hustle beyond your capabilities is something that does not need to exist in the startup ecosystem. Burning out is not going to make you a better founder. Um, you know, I don't care what anybody says, you know, this work culture of driving yourself beyond, your capabilities is not something that is healthy and is not pro- is not productive for startups. So that's the first thing. Um, in terms of resources, there's so many different things that are available to us um, that you know people just don't take advantage of. Obviously, if you're in crisis, there are crisis hotlines in every province, um, and and you know a lot of major cities even have customized ones for the cities. Um, but beyond that, you know. Look at look at these digital health platforms that are out there. There's a lot of different things that are be, being 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 added to the landscape. Um, you know, Inkblot is one that is now being bundled into a lot of benefits packages. You know, talk to a therapist. You know, it, there's no harm in in taking time for your own mental health um, as as an entrepreneur. It's it's just it's just necessary. So you know, there's a a long list of resources that you can you can get access to. You know, even just looking up. You know the Canadian Mental Health Association's um, website. 
there's all kinds of stuff that's out there. There's people who are trying to help. There are tools that are they're being made available. Um, the biggest step is you recognizing that you're not a superhuman. Uh, and despite the hustle, uh, you need to take time to manage your own mental well-being. Otherwise, none of it's going to happen. Wow. That's, that's great insight and great advice. So thank you so much for that. Um, it's been a pleasure thank to you. talk with you and learn about the very game-changing impact of music and to know that there's a Canadian company uh, working on this with world-class partners is very exciting. So we're going to follow your progress very closely. Awesome. Thanks, Rick. It's been a pleasure being on the show. It's been great to have you. We've been talking with Aaron LeBay, the co-founder and chief technology officer of Lucid. Keep an eye on them. Thanks so much. Thank you so much for tuning into another episode of the Startup Canada podcast. This show is produced by Lauren Hicks and Maddie Stiles, and it's made possible by the support of MasterCard and Scotiabank. Be sure to tune in every Tuesday for a new episode. Until next week, I'm your host, Rick Spence.